Okay, welcome to today's episode of TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, March 22nd. As always, we are brought to you by Deves Home Cuts. And we got the big tournament coming up this weekend, so we're just going to go right into that with some of our predictions for tomorrow's game. As always, I'm with my co-host, Truman Karczewski. Yeah, um, tonight's we got some tonight's games starting back up for this weekend, so let's get going. So a couple of the games, obviously, the games tonight start at 7. I think probably the same thing for tomorrow, although I'm not sure. I haven't fact-checked that. But uh, just want to give you a quick rundown of the games. We got Nevada-Loyola, which is starting us off tonight. We got Michigan and Texas A&M, Kentucky versus Kansas State, and Gonzaga versus Florida State. Let's talk about the first game. You know, two Cinderella teams, Nevada, Loyola. I think Nevada takes that. I think Loyola has been a great story, but I think as most Cinderella teams, it kind of dies out after this, you know, long week, long break. I think they die out. I think Nevada grabs the win because they are the better team. Uh, I agree with that. I think Nevada beats Loyola, but I honestly think Loyola is better than just um, a lot of people are giving them credit for. Um, Not just maybe not just a Cinderella team, but... I could definitely see Loyola winning tonight, but I do think Nevada wins, and I think that's the safe pick. Next game, Michigan and Texas A&M. I think Michigan grabs that. A&M's a very hot and cold team. They've obviously they've had two great games. Michigan, you know, haven't hasn't played their best, hit played up to their potential yet, but I think they'll get that tonight after the long rest. I think you know Michigan will come in there and just steal a win. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, I think Michigan's going to win. I think Michigan's going to come off that buzzer-beating crazy win over Houston um, and use that momentum, honestly. I think momentum's the big thing about this tournament. Um, you know, Texas A&M, um, they got a good team. Um, I, said, I didn't think they would go this far. I thought they would lose in the first round. But um, I, I do think Michigan wins, and I think the depth off the bench, obviously, homeboy John Teske, um, but I, I think Michigan's the better team, and I think they're going to get to the Elite Eight. Next game, we got Kentucky and Kansas State. I think Kentucky is way more talented than Kansas State. Kansas State's kind of gotten kind of an easy first round, you know, playing, you know, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. And uh, I forget who they played first round, but it wasn't anybody crazy. So I think Kentucky easily wins this. Calipari's been coaching great, and I think they have – way better talent than Kansas State. Kentucky wins that too, I agree. Um, I just think they're the tournament challenge. Even though they're young, uh, Calipari's there every year. Kentucky's there every year. Um, They got the talent. They got the top recruits. Um, I just think, like I said in the last show, it's setting up for a Kentucky run, which I hate. But it's just that that region is just um, looks like it has Kentucky written all over it. And then we got the last game of the night, Gonzaga versus Florida State. Gonzaga is probably the best team out of all these teams playing tonight. I think they got they've really put it together this year. And uh, Florida State's good, but I don't think they have enough to beat Gonzaga. Um, I think watching Florida State in the last game, uh, the speed of Florida State could definitely um, impact the game. But I think Gonzaga is gonna win because Gonzaga is another team. You know, obviously, it's college, you know, the players aren't the same, but I feel like Gonzaga's a little bit tournament challenged, you know, they're tournament tested, they're used to the spotlight almost, even though they play in a small conference like that, um, it's just Gonzaga seems to be there every year, um, and I know it's not the same players, but um, it just seems like Gonzaga's another safe pick to go to the Elite Eight almost every year. Yeah, so those are kind of like some of the games tonight, uh, tournament's starting up again, we're really excited, 
you know, it's been a long week without, you know, some good college basketball on. You know, they kind of hit you with that shock of that, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday without basketball. It's kind of crazy after, you know, four straight days of just wall-to-wall basketball. Some of the players we're going to be watching for this tournament and for the Sweet 16, for me, you guys talk about Texas A&M's, you know, forward, Robert Williams. He's 6'10". He had some of his, you know, crazy sports center top 10 dunks in the past couple of games. You know, he had a crazy windmill dunk versus Providence. And he's a highly touted NBA prospect. And he had, you know, he had 13 rebounds versus North Carolina. And he had 14 versus Providence. You know, he's only a sophomore. And this is, you know, he's 6'10". He's upwards of 200, 200 pounds. I just think he's the type of player you're going to want to watch because you're going to see him on camera just by his size. Yeah, um, not tonight. Uh, my player um, is going to be uh, Javion Carter from West Virginia. I know that's kind of a safe pick. You've heard his name throughout the year because he's a star player. Um, he's he's got the he's the one with the beard and bald. Looks like he's thirty some years old. Um, but the senior, he's been there for a while. Um, you know, they play Villanova next round, and I think that's going to be a really good game. Um, because everyone right now with all these good teams going out like Virginia and Arizona um, and Xavier and teams like that, team people are just kind of, you know, saying it's going to be Villanova or the Duke, Dukes of the world. Um, but I think West Virginia can make some noise. And um, and really, I think this is a chance for them, um, you know, to because they seem to be al- always in the conversation year after year. Um, and they falter out in the round of 32 or the Sweet 16. And I think if they beat Villanova, the top team right now in the tournament, um, that would just put them over the top. And I think Javon Carter, you know, he's their star player. Um, he averaged 18 points this year. Um, I think he's going to have to be the player that's going to lead Kentucky or lead West Virginia to um, beating Villanova. Okay, and then another player I had was Keenan Evans from Texas Tech. He's their floor general. He's a you know, again a no highly touted recruit. I mean a prospect draft prospect. He hasn't even reached his peak yet, and he's had fifty five points in the last two games over the season. He averaged about twenty two points per game. He said the first two tournament games, he's had some of these highlight reel passes that are just insane. If you go through and watch them, he's the type of guy you're gonna want to watch, and he's a top tier player that might be able to lead Texas Tech to the Elite Eight. So that's enough of tournament talk. Uh, we'll have more of that coming up, you know, on Tuesday's show after the, you know a pretty crazy packed weekend, and we're gonna move now to the NBA. I think one of the biggest stories of the NBA right now is Kawhi Leonard and his injury problems. He came back obviously in the middle of the season, but now he's out again. You know, his teammate Ginobili says that he don't be- he doesn't believe he'll be back this year. You know, he still even hasn't been cleared yet, and I think, you know, obviously something compare this to Andrew Luck. Because, you know, Andrew Luck's injury wasn't as severe as people thought. You know, people were saying he's going to be back week two, but he ends up being out the whole season. And I think this is, something's up, obviously, you know, whether it's a mental issue or something like that. It's just, you know, it's weird that an injury, obviously was severe, it kept him out. But an injury that, that he had wasn't enough to keep him out this long. Yeah, um, I think Kawhi Leonard, it's said he, I, he's played eight games this season. Um and, you know, the Spurs, they're on the verge of missing the playoffs, which is kind of crazy to think about because the Spurs always, since I've been, um, since I can remember, they've always been in the playoff contention. Um, and Kawhi, uh, he's, the Spurs are going to go where Kawhi goes if he's healthy. Um, and 
you know, it's just weird to see. Um, it just seems like there's a lot of trouble going on right now because, you know, they sat him down with a meeting today um, and, uh, you know, figured out they want the Spurs. Obviously, they want him to stay. Um, and they said he might not stay um, after this offseason. It just seems like a lot of drama um, coming from these injuries, and uh, which is not we're not used to seeing with the um, Popovich-led Spurs. Yeah, another, another injury news. Uh, Gordon Hayward, obviously he suffered that gruesome injury on opening night. One of the biggest storylines, it would probably be, I think, one of the biggest injury storylines of the entire, one of the biggest injury storylines ever if he comes back and plays in the playoffs this year. Brad Stevens is you know ruling him out. He's saying he's not going to come back. But it's every week he's just progressing and you know his body is just healing at a pretty fast rate. You know, I know he's shooting now. And to see that after the injury he had, you know, those type of injuries, people don't even play basketball ever again. Yeah, you compare that injury to Gordon Hay or to you compare Gordon Hayward's injury to Paul George's. Um, Paul George wasn't able to come back um, for a little bit. Uh, they say the playoff run. Um, you know, he's he won't be back. I don't believe. Um, you said Stevens ruled him out. Um, I think they're gonna stick to that. I think it would be dumb to try to force him back, and you're trying to force in. I know he's gonna, he's a star player, but you're trying to force a whole new player into your system um, in the playoffs where you you need you're obviously dire to win. Um, so I think they're just gonna keep him out for the rest of the season, and I think he's gonna be back next year. Um, and I think the way he is right now, I saw videos of him shooting. Um, he's recovering. Paul George is staying in touch with him. They're talking on the phone a lot. Um, and obviously, you look at Paul George now, a few years after that injury, he's still a star player in the league. Um, you know, last year in Indiana, he he was one of, he's the, their, best, their best player, and now he's with Oklahoma City, obviously, and he's kind of a part of that big three. Um, so you see that he he's not really affected long-term by that, um, and I think Gordon Hayward's going to be the same way, thank God. Yeah, and then we're going to move on to one of the biggest games last night, which everyone was watching it, you know, because it's a playoff matchup. The Cavaliers versus the Raptors. Obviously, the, the Cavs let up a lot of points, but they, they were able to grab that win, and I think... You know, this kind of put them back into, you know, because everyone's been kind of writing them off as a tournament, as a getting bounced out, you know, early in the playoffs. But they had, they played a great game last night. LeBron was absolutely phenomenal. 35 points, 17 assists, 17 assists with no turnovers, which has, like, never been done by anybody in NBA history. That's crazy to think about. You know, you pass the ball 17 times, and you don't even have, uh, any turnovers and some of those passes, especially in the fourth quarter, were crazy to watch. And I think the Cavs, you know, Kevin Love played great. I think the Cavs really put themselves back into contention. If you, if people ever took them out of contention for that Easter Conference spot in the finals. Uh, well, I mean, you look at the scores: one thirty-two to one twenty-nine. Um, so it was a shootout. Um, you talk about. I mean, LeBron having that type of game, 17 assists, no turnovers, that's LeBron basketball. That's LeBron end-of-the-season playoff basketball. Um, he's the best player in the world right now, um, and there's just no question about it, um, even though he probably won't win MVP. Um, he's just so good. Um, the Cavs are so much better um, now, it looks like, with Kevin Love. You look, you look at the way he's played against the Bucks and now against the Raptors. He just turns that team around. But you look at the way they've played. You know they gave up 129 points um, against Toronto. They gave up 117 against my Bucks. 
you know, their defense still isn't isn't there. Um, and you look, yes, I think they will win the East. Um, I still think they will. I, I thought they would um, without Kevin Love. Kevin Love adds another tier. I didn't think he would be this good so instantly after he came back. Um, and But I still think that defensive... Um, those defensive liabilities is going to hurt them if they were to go to the finals and, again, play the Rockets or the Warriors. It just won't work, I don't think. Yeah, but I think it really put them in contention for you know that Eastern Conference spot in the championship. Well, let's move on to some football talk. Before we do that, as always, our show is brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a pretty low price. For only $7, these home cuts will provide you with a modern haircut with styling. You know, some haircut places you go to that me and Truman have been to are upwards of $30. And I know more places go even higher than that. And we've been getting our haircut there for the last couple of months. And let me tell you, we have never looked or felt better. Every time you go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. The cuts get better every time because these is always upgrading their equipment, trying to get better and, you know, get you the best haircut possible you can find these home cuts at twitter at dom's home cuts you can dm him for appointments and trust me you will not be disappointed these home cuts professional haircuts at a low price so a couple football news obviously we're kind of in that period between you know free agency's pretty much over there's still some players available but you know we're in that period between the draft and free agency where it's kind of you know not a lot of news some pro days are going on right now you know sam darnold had his pro day yesterday and I thought he played pretty well, and it was pretty cool to see, you know, it was raining. They wanted to schedule, reschedule the throwing around the rain so that he wouldn't have to throw in the rain. But he went out there, and he threw out, and it was pretty heavy rain. And I think, you know, reports are coming around that it's looking like he's going to be the number one pick. You know, I saw a picture of Jimmy Haslam with his parents yesterday. I think he's going to be the number one pick now. I don't think he's the best quarterback available, but I think, you know, the Browns are in love with him. I think they're going to go ahead and take him. Yeah, I thought the whole rain thing was a little bit overrated. Um, people are just... I thought it was good that he threw in the rain. And it showed that if you went to a city like Cleveland or New York or somewhere like that, that he's going to be able to play in bad weather, which both those cities obviously struggle with. Um, but, I mean, rain's rain. Um, and people are like, oh, this instantly makes him the number one pick. It shows that he's not just a California quarterback. But, I mean, he, if he's a prof- he's going to be a professional quarterback. If he's considered to be a top five pick, considered to be a first-round draft pick, people knew that he could throw a football in the rain. Uh, yeah, but-, but it's just cool for me because, uh, you know, the coaches wanted to reschedule the throwing around, and he put his foot down, and he said, no, I want to show out there. You know, he even said there was a quote, you know, Cleveland's going to be raining. It's going to be raining in Cleveland. I want to show them that I can do this. And I think that was cool for him to put his foot down and kind of, you know, not crave it, but want to go out there and throw in the rain. Yeah. Um, I just I just feel like people are just making it like he's instantly the best quarterback in the draft because he's able to throw in the rain. Which, again, he should have been able to throw in the rain. Um but yes, he went out there. He performed good. Um, you know, it was one of the better pro days in in a while. Um, a lot of people were hyping it up. The experts, Mike Mayock, and stuff like that, uh, which is cool. Um, I do think he will. Uh, now with all the free agency gone down, I think he will be the number one draft pick. I think, again, like you said, I don't think he is the best quarterback in the draft. But if if Cleveland's in love with someone, um, which they seem to be, um, then go ahead and get him. 
why I mean you've been struggling at this position for 20 plus years it's time to go get your guy and if you think Sam Donald's that guy then go ahead and draft him yeah I think he you know he's up there obviously he hasn't moved really at all but we wanted to give you guys you know uh I think last Thursday we gave you our quarterback sleeper the we wanted to do this Thursday give you our running back sleeper obviously you got the big games like big names like Saquon Barkley you know guys from uh LSU Ronald Jones uh, Sonny uh, Michelle from Georgia. So we wanted to give you our running back sleepers. And for me, it's, you know, the guy who was, you know, kind of prepared, uh, what do you call it, uh, combined with Sonny Michelle last year, you know, Nick Chubb. He had 44 touchdowns at, at Georgia. You know, he was a Heisman candidate, one of the top-rated uh draft prospects in the last couple of years before he tore, you know, a couple of injuries in his knee. He didn't tear his ACL. I know they tore his PCL and his MCL, which are pretty significant injuries. And he's just this really smooth runner. You know, he had no fumbles in 2017. He obviously had a decrease in production because of a player like the caliber of Sonny Michel. And I think he's going to be you know, a third, fourth round pick. He's not you know, going to be undrafted or anything like that. But I think he's a solid pick. He could end up being a one of these running backs that just come out here and wow everybody. Yeah, I, mine, I like Nick Chubb too, but uh, my sleeper would be Kerryon Johnson from Auburn. Um, he looks to be a, a day two guy, a late second round pick, early third round pick. Um, uh, he played at Auburn last year. A lot of people don't know him. Um, he's a smaller guy. He's six foot. Um, he's one of those one of those shifty type of guys. Um, they compared him to Tevin Coleman. Um, you know, one of those third down backs. It seems like um, he's good at he's good at catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, you know, he's very shifty. Um, he's not easy to bring down. Um, but he's he's one of those guys. Um, you know, he only put up I think eleven um, bench rep bench press reps um, at the combine. He's not that strong. Um, you know, you know, is he going to be durable, um, in the NFL when he's taking a bunch of big hits? That's a question mark, but I think the speed and the shiftiness and able to catch the ball out of the backfield, which I think is huge. And now in, in the NFL now with all these good quarterbacks, um, I think that's huge to having a running back. Um, and, uh, he's also a very good pass protector, which is another huge key on third down. So mine's carry on Johnson. Yeah, it's. This running back class is pretty deep. We could we can name all four or five guys, you know, give reasons why they'll be studs. Obviously, they won't all turn out to be great running backs, but I think this class has potential to be something special. And we just want, you know, free agency, like I said, it's not over, but, I mean, a lot of the big names are off the board. You know, last, last show we gave you some of the big names still left. You know, Sue's still out there. DeMarco Murray's still out there. But we just want you know we're kind of wrapping up, seeing where things are going. We want to give my my free agent that I think ended up in the exactly in the perfect spot. And for me, it's you know obviously Bears suck, but Allen Robinson, I think you know he was the number one receiver in Jacksonville. He had some injuries last year. He when he was on it, when he was at the top of his game, he looked like a top five wide receiver. And I know that's a big statement to make, but now you're going to a place where. You know, you might have a great quarterback with Mitch Trubisky, you no know, matter guy. Watch yourself. He's not. He's a- going. If he has a solid number one wide receiver like the caliber that Allen Robinson can bring, you can make him into something special. Uh. And I think he's. You know, he has all the skills in the world, Allen Robinson, to be 
a top five wide receiver. I think he's kind of slept on, and I think he got a, they got a pretty good deal there. He's gonna go there, be the number one wide receiver, and give Trubisky, you know, the target that he needs. Other than you know, last year he had like Kendall Wright, Kevin White. You know, has never turned out to be what everyone thought he would be. I think giving him that number one option like Allen Robinson is going to be a great place for him to end up. Uh, for me, um, I could talk about Jimmy Graham all day. I could talk about how he's a perfect fit in Green Bay and how he's going to score a boatload of touchdowns. But I know people would just give me crap all day if I talk about Jimmy Graham for uh, this part of the segment. But I'm going to go with um, my first guy I would say is Jarvis Landry, uh, the Cleveland guy. Um, yes, he got traded there, wasn't a free agent, but um, just how he's going to fit into that offense, um, you know, he's not going to be the number one guy. Josh Gordon is the number one guy. Um, you know, he's going to be playing in the slot. Um, you know, a lot of the attention with some of the targets that they have, you know, Josh Gordon, they have Carl's Hyde in the backfield now. Um, you know, Corey Coleman, he could be, Col- Coleman can be a young threat. The attention's not fully on Jarvis Landry. And I think in Miami, the attention was fully on Jarvis Landry. You know, they didn't have a true running back. You know, they had some good pieces, you know, Kenny Stills and um, who's the other guy? Devontae Parker they had down there. But the attention was when he wanted to stop Miami, it was Jarvis Landry. Um, and it was tough for him to get the ball. He still got the ball a lot. Still was a top, one of the top receivers in the game, one of the top slot receivers in the game, arguably the best. And now he's going to Cleveland where, you know, attention's got to be on Josh Gordon, it's got to be on Carlos Hyde, it's got to be someone on Corey Coleman. And, they, you know, he's got Tyrod Taylor, who's, in my opinion, a lot better than Jay Cutler was. And I, I'm not a big Ryan Tannehill guy. So he's got a quarterback that he's, that he's had. Um, he's got a quarterback better than what he's had. So I think um, Jarvis Landry ended up in the perfect spot here in Cleveland. So we got to give our best spots like we just did. I think we got to give our freedoms that we think ended up in the wrong spot. And you can there's a million you can do. You're going to you know this is going to be more clear as the season goes. I think for me Paul Richardson. You know, he was at Seattle last year. He's a wide receiver. He got, he uh he signed with Washington, a pretty significant deal. He's a deep threat wide receiver. That's all I think he's been known for in Seattle. You know, Seattle likes those deep threat wide receivers. And he's now going to a quarterback, you know, Alex Smith. Alex Smith, I think he's very underrated. He's, you know, people all the time say, you know, he's not deep. You know, he doesn't throw deep. He throws dump-off little passes. He can throw the deep ball, but a guy that has lived and died by the deep ball, you know, like Paul Richardson, now going to a quarterback who's not really known for that, it's going to be tough for him to get, you know, what he needs I'd to get. I'd have to disagree. Alex Smith had one of the best deep deep passing he's, quarterback he's ratings deep, last year. He's a good deep ball thrower. But they're not going to go out there and say, okay, Alex Smith, go out there and throw the deep ball 10 to 15 times a yeah, game. Yeah, but I think they're Paul gonna, Richardson's still going to be able Washington's to take the top trans, transfer, transform their offense into around Alex Smith, which is going to be what he's more known for, which is dump off game management. And I just don't think is, Paul Richardson Is he really known that for that, or is that more just the hype around Alex Smith? Because last Paul season, Richardson, last season when he had the targets, he had Tyree Kill, he had all those guys. He had one of the best passer ratings for deep balls. Yeah, in I know. The game. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Alex Smith is known as well for a deep ball thrower. So I don't. I think a guy like Paul Richardson, who is you know he, he we haven't seen what he can do with uh, you know short throws and stuff like that. You're running the route tree. I just think you know. Washington's not going to go out there and throw the ball as you know as many times deep as Seattle did. And I think he's going to see a drop in his production, and I don't think that was a great spot for him. I think he'll see a jump. I actually liked I actually liked Paul Richardson in Washington. Um, I think 
he's becoming a place where he's becoming a number he's becoming their offense you know I, they don't really have many targets um outside of him and you know in Jordan Seattle, Reed and once he played four games a year um top tight end for what two games a season or no, what, is he I mean, he's not an injured player he's good He's concussed like every single. No. Yes, he's out half the season. No. Um. So when Check Jordan reads, so when Jordan reads not playing for the fourteen games, he's going to be out for. Uh, he's really going to transform that offense. He's going to be the number one threat. Um. You know, in Seattle, he had to deal with Doug Baldwin, Jimmy Graham. You know, now he's going. You know, they put they invested some money in him. Um. And Alex Smith's really going to have to look at him, and he's going to be the number one target there. And. I think they aren't gonna, you know, limit him to short throws. I think Paul Richardson is gonna be able to still take the top off the of defense, um, and I actually like Paul Richardson there. Yeah, so let's move on to some baseball talk. One of the big stories, you know, coming out of the last couple of days is Jim Tomey. Obviously, Indian Cleveland legend. You know, I love Jim Tomey. He's played, you know, so many games here. You know, he's every fan. You know, every time you go to the park, you always see a Jim Tomey jersey, and obviously, obvious choice for Hall of Fame. And he was inducted, but yesterday I think it came out that he was not going to wear Chief Wahoo on his plaque. I think he and MLB kind of came up with the idea that he'll wear the Block C. For me, I get it. I understand why they're doing this, but it's just, you know, why are you trying to erase history? For a majority of his career, he wore Chief Wahoo on his helmet, on his jersey. It makes no sense to put the block seat that he only wore for a handful of games when he was back, you know, a couple years ago, and when he basically was a non-factor. When he was truly dominant, when he was a Hall of Fame player, he wore Chief Wahoo on his hat and on his jersey, and I don't think it's right to take that away from him. And I, I don't think Tommy, you know, is, is angered by this. I think he, you know, kind of just doesn't want the argument, doesn't want the debate, but... To say you, know, you can't wear the logo you wore most of your career, I think the MLB was kind of pushing him towards the block C, and I just it's sad to see them trying to erase history like this. I I I don't know. I I mean I don't agree with it. Um, I think I I agree with you. I I I mean you put the logo that you've worn most of your career, the the logo that you got your Hall of Fame career in. Um, but from the Tony standpoint, you can understand he just wants to avoid the the drama there's so much drama with this this logo and this name thing that you know he just he just wants to go he just wants to celebrate his career his hall of fame career um you know and he doesn't want to deal with you know some people not liking him because he's got chief wahoo um but i i mean at the end of the day i don't think it should be a debate i think he should be allowed to without any debate go out there and um on his plaque and have the logo that he had his hall of fame career in but um, you know, you can have, you can see where he's coming from. He just wants to go. He wants to have a peaceful time. And, you know, he wants to represent the Indians um, with the most class he can and just avoid the debate and just celebrate his career. Yeah, this is going to be an issue that's going to be debated over and over again. I don't agree with it. You know, getting rid of Chief Wahoo is one of the, you know, it's one of the biggest symbols of Indians fans for the last couple of decades. And getting rid of it is just sad to see them trying to erase history like Chief Wahoo. Now we're going to go, we're, me and Sherman are both big fantasy sports players. You know, obviously, I think everybody plays fantasy football, even if you don't like it. We play fantasy football, we play fantasy basketball, we play fantasy baseball, and we even play fantasy hockey. So we want to go out, we're going to have our baseball draft in a couple days here, and give you some of our fantasy baseball sleepers. For me, it's the uh, Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals starting pitcher Alex Reyes. He had 2017, he was out the whole year with Tommy Johns. 
you know, and but in 2016 he had 12 games and his ERA was only 1.5. He is a great pitcher. You know, obviously Truman knows starting pitching is huge in fantasy baseball. You can get a couple starting solid starting pitchers to top tier guys like you know Clayton Kershaw or Corey Kluber you run the league and if you can even get you know a couple I picked up Trevor Bauer last year and he turned out to be great for me and I ended up making the playoffs but getting a guy like Alex Reyes you know a sleeper you can get last late rounds is huge and I think he can make a solid impact and help you win that fantasy baseball championship um I'd have to go, uh, since you went pitcher, um, I'll go hitter. Uh, I Pitching in fantasy baseball, pitch, getting pitching, getting the good, uh, having a really good staff um, is, in my opinion, the key to winning um, in fantasy baseball. But, I mean, you obviously have to have your hitters, and you'll get your star. Um, but I think it's going to be Mike Moustakis um, from Kansas City. Um, Kansas City lost a lot, um, and I don't think they're going to be a good team this year. Um, you know, I, you know, from a, from just a baseball standpoint, uh, it doesn't look like they have the talent to compete, but I think he's going to be, um, their guy, um, that they're banking most of their wins on. Um, I think, I think he'll have a huge season. You know, last year he was a little bit underrated because the Royals took a step back. He still batted 272. Um, you know, he had, he had, you know, he was injured sometimes and, you know, if he comes back healthy, um, I think Mike Moustakis has a chance to have another breakout year. Yeah, and so finally another free agent off the board in baseball is Alex Cobb. He signed with the Orioles yesterday. You know, he had a great he's a great solid pitcher. I think he's gonna really help to shore up that Orioles rotation. You know, he went twelve and ten last year, three sixty six ERA. He's the Royals Orioles I don't think are gonna be in contention this year, but I think he needed to get a job. He's a great pitcher, he's a start, solid starting pitcher. He could be useful anywhere, and I think it's good to get him into a place like Baltimore. He's going to get his starts. He's going to get a, he fit easily into that rotation because they don't have a lot of talent there, and he can even be a trade piece at the deadline. Get rid of him, you know, if he plays really well. I think this is a great move on both sides. Yeah, this is a good move. Um, I, I, you know, it's kind of one of those teams, um, you know that. You know, might not need him because um, I don't think Baltimore's going to compete this year. I don't think they added enough, um, you know, enough players to vault themselves into contention. But they're a team that looks like they're headed for a rebuild. And I think when you have Alex Cobb, um, like you said, uh, the the trade at the deadline is going to be huge because I think they added him and they're going to see what he can do. And if he goes out there and has a good. Um, good first half they could flip that and they can start their rebuild by getting good prospects from another team and Alex Cobb can go to a contender um where he can show out uh on the big stage yeah they're gonna be sellers of the deadline I think you're gonna see Machado obviously he's the biggest name there he's gonna get moved and let's talk about you know we I mentioned it a little bit on Tuesday Justin Turner he broke his wrist and this is a huge hole that the doctors that the Dodgers not doctors are gonna have to fill in that lineup you know, he batted three twenty two last year, 21 home runs. They're going to move Logan Forsythe to uh, third while he's out. Hopefully it's not that long, but if the Dodgers can string a couple wins together, it won't be that big of an impact. It'll be a huge add when he does get healthy. You know, he's a he's one of the best players in the game, and it sucks that he has to, you know, go out with an injury like this. We hate seeing injuries, whether it's an all-star or a bench player, you know. But it's cool 
to see, you know, Logan Forsythe, he's uh, he's been one of my players I've had in fantasy baseball. He's going to get a shot at third, get some consistent at-bats, and I think the Dodgers will be fine. They're not just not going to get that all-star production that they had from Justin Turner last year for a little while, and that's going to hurt. Yeah, he's a consistent hitter. Um, he's one of the, he's I one of their best players, um, and you know it's going to leave a huge hole in their lineup. Like you said, he batted three twenty two. Um, you know he had twenty one home runs and seventy one RBIs. You know not that much there, but you know he's just consistent. He gets on base, um, and you know it's not going to be easy to replace. You know, but the Dodgers do have talent. Um, I think they're one team, one of those teams that can always cover up something like this. Um, you know, with the, the talent that that they have and they develop, um, but. You know, he, it's not a season ender. He'll be back. Um, but, you know, wrist, that's tough for a hitter to come back from. Um, and But, you know, he should be back uh, sooner um, and uh, be back to all-star caliber, I would hope. Yeah, so that, that, we'll wrap up baseball talk with that. And we have a new sponsor today. We just, you know, we signed a deal about this morning. We, uh, you know, we're really happy to work with this company. And our show is going to be brought to you by A's Lawn Service, LLC. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping services to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies, Drew? Yeah, I'm tired of it. So just trust me, turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. That's, again, 330-241-2392. And just give them a call. They'll set you up, and they'll really you know, hook you up with a great price and a great deal. You know, A's Lawn Service, their slogan is, you grow it, we'll cut it. So call them up, A's Lawn Service, LLC. Let's move to our question and answer. We've got a lot of questions you know, submitted to us. And we're going to start, I think I'm going to take over this. Truman doesn't know much about Ohio State. You know, if we have a Wisconsin question, he'll get it. But, you know, Wisconsin's pretty irrelevant right now. So let's go to Ohio State's starting quarterback job. Obviously, they lost JT Barrett last year, this year due to the draft. You know, four-year starter. That's going to be a huge hole to fill. They got a couple guys right now, Joe Burrow, Dwayne Haskins, who we saw last year, and Tate Martell. I think, I think the job's... Dwayne Haskins to lose. He came in versus Michigan. He played great. You know, pair him with J.K. Dobbins. You know, you got a very powerful lineup there. Joe Burrow, he's been there the last couple years. He's not as athletic as Haskins or Martell. And I heard he might transfer because he knows he's probably going to lose that job. Now, I would hate to see him transfer, but if he can get a better shot somewhere, you know, let him go. Dwayne Haskins has been a pretty highly touted recruit. I think he came in last year. He proved that he can be the player that Ohio State needs him to be. You know, maybe make some of those throws that JT Barrett couldn't make last year. And I think he could come in and make a pretty big dent and make a pretty big impact. Tate Martell is not ready. I don't think he's ready. If you know Tate Martell, you're excited for him. You know, he's the next Johnny Manziel. He's one of the best Ohio Johnny Manziel. One of the geek. best on the field Johnny Manziel. One of the best high school players to come out. You know, he he never lost a game in high school and with Bishop Gorman. He's a solid quarterback. I I know I'm more than excited to see him, you know, grow and prosper as a player. And I think with Dwayne Haskins and when Dwayne leaves and you know, we turn to Tate Martell, I think Ohio State is just gonna keep competing every single year, just keep turning out this talent that they have been the last couple of years. So this question is who chokes this year for Ohio State? Yeah, yeah we're yeah, we're national champions. Yeah. And we did 
Wait, beat Wisconsin's ass in the no, in the no Alabama. Game. Alabama is the national champion. Well, we did. Okay. Um, all right, we're not going to talk about 19B. Yeah, we'll move on because Wisconsin Ohio State is a constant debate in our household. You know, our sister, shout out Taylor, gets really mad at us when we talk Ohio State Wisconsin. <laughs> And it's just, it's going to be a debate. If we start on it, it's just going to keep going around and around, and Truman's going to get his ass kicked. But we'll move on. Um, Let's talk wait, about... don't I get to answer the question no, of who gets the choke? Another uh, question we got is, what's our favorite ballpark food? Either it's, you know, the average, you know, run-of-the-mill type of stuff, or the outside type of things. Um, and I'll let Truman take this one first. It looks like he's already ready. Thanks. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, well... I think Dwayne Haskins will choke for Ohio State this year, by the way, so I'm going to answer that question. Um, and then favorite ballpark food? Uh, I love chicken tenders. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's not really one of those things, like, that you just think of baseball when you think chicken tenders, but, like, ever since I was little, I've always gotten chicken tenders pretty much everywhere I go. Um, a little barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce on the side, fries, that's to me. Yum. <laughs> that's to me where I, what I get um, when I go uh, to a baseball game, um, but obviously a hot dog and mustard, that's classic, but I just really love chicken tenders for some reason. Yeah, hot dog Hot dog is the place, is the thing to get, you know, especially on dollar dog night. But for me, I'm going outside of what average, you know, hot pretzel type of stuff. And uh, for me, it's the hot dog at the Indians Ballpark Progressive Field. I, for, I can't remember the name, but it's the hot dog with mac and cheese and Fruit Loops on it. Surprisingly, it's not bad. I had it. I've had it a couple times when they first got it. I was one of the first people to get it, and I just it was. It's really good. It's surprisingly good. You know, you think ew cereal with a hot dog, but it's not bad. And uh, it's one of the, you know, one of the things you should try if you go to Progressive Field. They have great food there, better than uh, Miller Park. But let's move on to another question and answer. Dumbest we, thing I've ever we, heard. Uh, this is a big topic. We'll probably get. We probably won't spend too much time on it because we could spend the entire show going over this. Two big topics right in a row. What is our opinion of kids being paid? Should student athletes be paid in college? And I'll let Truman start that off. Um, this is a huge debate around the NCAA, and you see it. People just uh, debate it twenty four seven. My opinion on this first thing. First things first. My opinion is no. They should not be paid. These people, these kids are students. Um, you know, they they play sports. Um, you know, they they obviously bring a lot of money to their university. Um, but they're student athletes. They're not athlete students. They're students first. Um, and I think one of the things, the biggest one for me is how are you gonna how are you gonna pay these players? How are you gonna bring in? Um, you know, the argument that they they spend so much time playing their sport and they spend so much time that it's hard for them to do everything you know they should be paid they should be rewarded for that um it's hard because you know girls basketball and men's basketball look at it men's basketball that brings so much more money to their school you know so much more tv ratings and then there's girls basketball you know brings money to the school there's tv ratings but are you really gonna pay the men more because they have more tv ratings no the girls give up their same amount of time they give the same amount of uh effort to play their sport um, and, you know, it wouldn't be fair to pay this girl some amount of money and then pay this guy more because, you know, he brings more TV ratings. Um, and I think one thing you also have is, you know, I like professional sports. Um, the NFL is my favorite, um, you know, and I just like the professional part of it. Um, but 
it removes almost the competitive nature somewhat because now these athletes are getting paid, um, which somewhat you see kind of ruins some of the pro, uh, the pro part of it because players get paid the most, they go to that place. And I think it just becomes a money game. And I don't want to see college basketball, college football turn into a money game. So, no, I don't think they should be paid. Yeah, I think you got to kind of come up with a system for it. I think you can't just go, okay, well, you know, Ohio State football player should make this X amount of money. Then, you know, Division Three Mount Union player should make this amount of money. I think you can't, you know, kind of pin how much you could get. But I think they should be paid something. I mean, they're providing these universities, this NCAA, which I can't stand the NCAA, with billions and billions of dollars. You know, they're, you know, JT Barrett's jerseys getting sold in the campus bookstore and he doesn't even get a dollar from that. You know, and I think if you, you know, play, if you pay the players, you know, they can support line. their families. Some of these players come from, you know, dirt poor situations. I think it could limit corruption actually, because right now, I mean, people are, athletes are getting paid. You know, you saw DeAndre Ayton got paid. You know, why does he get paid? And, you know, six man who's also doing the same amount of work is not getting paid. And we see and we see now Arizona's going to be under sanctions. Yeah, and that's not fair because DeAndre Ayton... Well, it wasn't DeAndre, fair for him to break the rules. DeAndre Ayton, it wasn't fair for DeAndre him to break Ayton the rules. DeAndre Ayton got $100,000 to a, in to go play at Arizona that now gets, that now gets to make millions they broke of dollars off of his likeness. Broke, and now they're going to be under yeah, and sanctions. And the rules need to be changed. Because, I mean... You saw, you know, I saw a quote from Shabazz Napier. Some nights, these players, you know, they're college players. They go hungry some nights because they just don't have money. You know, Frank Kaminsky, one of Truman's players, even said, you know, there's when he left the University of Wisconsin, he was in debt. There's a fine but, line. And when I, you think, when you think, should they be played for playing the game? No. Should they be paid for their merchandise getting sold? Yes, I think they should get some type of money for that. Yeah, I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah, I mean, why is it fair to, you know, I go back to JT Barrett, to when he's, you know, living off of $100 a week and you got, you know, his jersey's being sold for $60 in the campus bookstore and he gets none of that. And the NCAA gets billions of dollars using these players. You know, you look at the NCAA football game, you know, they use their jersey numbers. Obviously, they didn't use their names, but I, I just think it's not fair to a player, you know, especially with some of these harsh rules like, there was a story, you know, the Oklahoma football players got, you know, in trouble because they took too much spaghetti at a free spaghetti dinner. I think the NCAA needs to be taken down a notch and just, you know, there's so many scandals every single year by such small things. Like, I'm going to go to this, Truman's going to get mad, but Ohio State, when, you know, Terrell Pryor got in trouble for selling his merch, selling his property for so he can have money to buy, you know, tattoos or whatever he wanted to buy, you know, it's his stuff. Why shouldn't he be allowed to sell it? It's, I just don't think it's fair, and I think play. I mean, I think they need to figure it out. And I think a conversation needs to start. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine line. People say, should they be paid for um, playing a sport? That's where I say no. I, I think it's a college sport. Um, I don't think it's fair. And uh, you got to put an argument. They spend, they spend you know six to eight hours a day. We played high school football, and that was a little tough. But I can't even understand what college football would be. You know, you spend so much time working, you know, working out, going to practice, and then you got to come back and you got to do an entire workload of schoolwork that the other students don't have to deal with the practice. They got an extra eight hours on their hands. Well, it's a decision. Do you want to? Do you want to make now? If the players that play basketball, they're going to get a chance to make millions of dollars. Yeah, but not everybody they're putting has this, that same they're chance. Putting, they're putting themselves on a spotlight. Yeah, but then you got okay. Okay, you say that. You know, okay. Well, let's say we'll take. Uh, 
uh, Trey Young is going to go to the NBA. What about eighth man of the year who's putting in the same amount of work that he eighth man on exactly? So how how are you going to pay? Exactly, you're going to have to figure it out. But I think you there can't needs you to be... can't just say there has to be a system because what about the girls for uh, yeah? What like, about the girls for Oklahoma who are putting in the same amount of effort, but they're not bringing the same amount of TV ratings for Oklahoma? I, I don't think you can do a pay based on how much money you bring in. I think you got to do something a set standard. All around, you know, Division One, which brings in more money to Division Two, and Division Two sets more than Division Three, and I think this is just going to help. You know, I think this is going to help. Which our next question is: is what do we think of the one and done rule? I think this is going to help the one and done rule because you know players leave to go to the NBA as soon as they can because they need that money for their families who are starving, living in ghettos. And I think it's just going to keep players at the college, and I think it's going to make the play better, not worse. Well, when you talk about the one on one and done rule uh, that we have, excuse me, it's I don't I mean it's their decision. Um, I don't think you can have an opinion on it because yeah, I don't think you can make players stay because it's their it's their future. Um, you know, it's it's what they want to do. And if you do they yeah. if some some people you know, and there's not there's no wrong, there's no right. Um, you know, some people that school's not their thing. Basketball's their thing. If they get a chance to they go to the next level and make millions of dollars and they, they leave school behind, yeah, go ahead, go ahead and do it. You know, but you know, you're putting yourselves. Some people don't make that decision. They they you know they leave too early or something like that. But that's their decision. You can't have an opinion on that. Yeah, I don't. I I. It's a tough tough uh, debate, especially the one and done rule. We're gonna talk more about the uh, kids being paid. A little bit later on, but the one and done rule, it's tough because if you make, obviously it ruins, you know, college basketball because, you know, these players come here for one year, then they leave, but it's their decision. It's their choice. I think paying them would make it, you know, less relevant in the league, but I mean, okay, you take away, you know, you make them stay three years. Okay. Well, they're just going to go overseas and play basketball there for a year. You know, you look at, I, I can't stand them, you know, the ball family, you know, they, had troubles in college, so they just went and went overseas, and that you know we it's just going to ruin college basketball if you make them stay. I think more than it's going to help it. So that's our show today. Um, tune in on Tuesday. You know, we want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. You know, we just signed up with Andrew last night. I think we agreed on it, and you know, hopefully that's you know going to be a long and prosperous relationship. We we ask that you give us five stars, rate us, review us, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. Uh, we're going to have a guest on Tuesday. We don't know who it's going to be just yet, but we're going to have a guest on Tuesday. We're going to try to get a guest every single Tuesday. So we want you to have a great day and just you know watch that basketball, watch that March Madness, and tune in on uh, Tuesday. Thank you. Go Packers.